We're in a series that we're beginning today called Deep, and today my title is Deep is Obedience. And throughout my years of being a Christian, I, I grew up in church, and I, I've heard people say throughout my years of, of, of being involved in church, people would say things like, I want to go deep. I, I need deep teaching. I want to be a deep Christian. And, and when I was growing up, I really didn't know what that meant. But, but over the years, I think I figured out what people mean when they say, I want to go deep. I, I'm a deep Christian. I, I want deep teaching. And, and I think I know what that means. And here's what I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid a lot of people, they, they think they're really deep, but they're playing around in the kiddie pool. And, uh, and here's one way you know you're in the kiddie pool. If you go around telling everybody else that you're deep, you ain't deep. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you got to tell folks because deep would be you're humble. And that's one of the greatest qualities that a Christian possesses is, is humility. And, and we want to just unpack this. People think have a, have a misunderstanding on what deep means. Here, here are some things that people think deep is. Uh, you can follow along with me in your bulletin and fill in the blanks. There, there are people who think deep means complicated. Complicated. A lot of people think deep means complicated and simple means shallow. If it's complicated, it's deep. If it's simple, it's, it, it's shallow. And some people, they, they say this and they say, you know, you know what? That was a great sermon today. It's great. Well, what, what would the preacher say? I don't know. But it was deep, man. <laughs> it was heavy. I'm telling I'm man, I'm ready to go now. I'm deep, boy. That preacher's too deep. I'm like, deep, you don't even, you didn't even know what the man said, and it was deep. And, and we start to think that, that deep is, is complicated, and if I, if I leave confused, then I'm, I'm deep. And, and some people, they don't like simple teaching. They don't like simple and practical biblical teaching. You know why some people don't like it? Because they have to do something with it. Because <laughs> they can understand it. And if you understand what God's Word says, now you're accountable to, to be obedient. And so people like to live out here in, in, in the theoretical, abstract land where, where they're confused and, they're, and, and, and they don't really understand. And then, therefore, they don't have to do anything with the message that they, that they heard. And as your pastor, it's, it's just a... A, a real conviction of mine that I want to preach in a way that you can understand. I want a seven-year-old student to be underst- to understand or the 90-year-old adult. I want the person who has a Ph.D. to be able to understand me, and I want the person who had a drop out of school in the fifth grade to be able to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, when people don't understand the gospel, it's very detrimental, very detrimental. Matter of fact, let me give you an example in Scripture, Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 18. This is the sower, uh, uh, about the parable of the sower where, where the seed fell on four different types of soil. Only one of the souls produced a harvest and was fruitful for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I want to just draw your attention very quickly to, to this portion of Scripture, Matthew 13 and verse 18. It says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. And the soul, the soul is, the, is the human heart. It's the human heart talking about a human being. Verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it. Oh, it's deep, man. It's, it's heavy. I don't get it. It's complicated, but it's deep. And, and they don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. There are some people who never uh, never come into the kingdom, never serve God because they don't understand. 
I mean, we make salvation so hard and so complicated how to serve God. They just don't get it. I'm not going to cover the other two. You can read it, read it at your own leisure and time. But I want us to focus in on the person who produces a harvest, who really serves the Lord uh, with, with, with fervency. Uh, let's look at this in verse 23. The scripture says, but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil, only one person did out of the four, good soil, is the man who hears the word and understands it. It's very important that he understands it. It's simple enough that he gets it. She gets it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Listen, it, it, it is so. It's such wrong thinking to think that deep is complicated and that simple is shallow. That is just far from the truth. People need to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Another thing people think that people think that deep is outward driven. They think deep is outward driven, and and I used to be this way. Uh, before I started this church, and God has really worked in my heart a lot since starting this church, I used to judge people on the outward. And I thought that deep was outward driven. You know, you look at people and how they're dressed, and you go, oh, they're spiritual. They, they look spiritual because they, cause they dress churchy. And there's nothing wrong with dressing nice. I mean, I think it's great, man. You dress. I like to see people in a, in a three-piece suit and look good. I like sometimes we see some, somebody coming here and they got a yellow suit and yellow yellow slacks and yellow socks and shoes and a yellow hat tipped to the side with a feather. I'm like, you go, boy. You are doing this thing today. I, li- I mean, I like it. And nothing wrong. But that doesn't mean that you're spiritual. But we can begin to judge people by that. Outwardly driven, just like we can judge somebody who comes in here in shorts and a tank top and combat boots on with their outfit and then they wear a cowboy hat with it. And now, you ain't going to win a fashion show looking like that. But that doesn't mean that you're not spiritual. It doesn't mean that you don't love the Lord. And we begin to judge people on how they look outwardly. Somebody could look at me today and say, well, Pastor, he, he must not really love the Lord. Look how he's dressed. he got some jeans on up there, honey. I can't believe he's in church looking like And we start thinking that spirituality has to do with the way somebody's dressed. Outward driven. We think spirituality, we, we think spirituality has to do with when people talk churchy. You ever heard anybody talk churchy? And I know I talk churchy. I like talking churchy, you know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you can talk spiritual and live for the devil. Hallelujah. Up in the club last night, just, I know. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hung over today. Yeah, I don't mean you're spiritual. Matter of fact, the unchurched folk, they don't even get us. I mean, we say, well, how you doing? I'm sanctified, blessed of the Lord. They're like, what in the world are you talking about? We get what you're saying. People think they're spiritual. It's outward living. People think they're, they're spiritual because they, they act churchy. And, man, I, there's biblical form of the worship. Man, I believe in lifting hands. But just because you raise your hands doesn't mean that, that, that you're living for the Lord and you love the Lord. You know, I've been in church a long time, you know. <laughs> boy, I, boy, some of you had never seen that kind of stuff before. So you don't know what I'm doing here, but... Just come talk. But I, I'm, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying that doesn't mean you're spiritual. That doesn't mean you know the Lord. That doesn't mean you love the Lord. We start thinking people are spiritual based on outward things. We think people are, are, are spiritual because they're talented. And they can sing or they, they can play an instrument or they, they're, they're a great orator and a great speaker. And we begin to think because they're gifted that they're spiritual. We begin to think people are spiritual because they operate in the gifts of the Spirit. 
Well, you have a spiritual gift, and, and that means you're spiritual, and there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And we think somebody, because they operate in the gifts, that, that they're a spiritual person, and they're, that they're deep spiritually. But that's not what the Scripture says. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and verse number 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, I have these outward manifestations, but have not love, I am an only resounding gong. And a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy, I operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries. I mean, we would think that's deep. I mean, they're up here talking about the third heaven. I mean, they're fathoming all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains, I'm talking about mountain-moving faith. The mountains moving from here to there. Outwardly, we think that person got to be spiritual but have not love. Scripture says, I am nothing if I give all possessions to the poor. Outwardly, I'm just giving to the poor, and, and I even surrender my body to the flames. I'm just sacrificing my body, but have not love, I gain nothing. You see, friends, you can know how spiritually deep you are by your fruit, not by your gifts. By your fruit, not by your gifts. You see, spirituality is inward-driven, not outward-driven. Matter of fact, we're going to do a whole series about going deep this summer. We're going to do a series on the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to call it juicy fruit. Some of your fruit's dried up, honey, I'm telling you. You got some fruit, but it's dry, and you don't have any love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control. I'm talking, I can tell, and you can tell about me how deep we are by the fruit that is evident in our life. There's a third thing people think about deep. People think deep is how much you know. How much you know. And most of us Christ followers are educated way beyond our obedience. Many Christians know a lot about the Bible, but obey very little of what they know. And friends, the deepest thing that you can do is to act on what God has already said. It's to live out what you already know. It's amazing. It really is. It's amazing how many people want God to speak to them about the very specific details of their life. But yet they won't obey God's general instruction. That, that they want God to reveal His concealed will, but yet they won't obey His revealed will. Oh, God, I need to know some things about, about your will for my life. Oh, God, I, I need you to speak to me about some specific details. God, what's your will for my life? I need to know, do I, do I date him or not? God, I need to know, do I marry her or not? God, speak to me. Guide me now, Lord. Lord, I need to know, do I take the job or not? Do I buy the house or not? Do I make the investment or not? And we want God to reveal his concealed will, and yet we're, we're not obedient to what God has already said to us in his word. And we think that we're being... Being deep, and the deepest thing that you and I can do is to obey what we already know that God has said in His words. And the very first commandment that God gives us as believers, as followers of Christ, is to be baptized in water. You want to be deep? Obey God's word. Be baptized in water. The scripture says this in Matthew chapter 28 in verse number 19. Therefore, go and make disciples. That word disciples just means a follower of Christ. And when somebody becomes a follower of Christ uh, in, in, in any nation, 
baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God says, listen, listen, you want to be deep? The first thing that you need to do is be obedient to the commandment to be baptized in water. I want to spend the next few moments, and this applies to all of us in this room. Even if you've been baptized in water, we're going to share some insight that I think will help you and be a blessing uh, to your life. But also I want you to see the underlining principle, and that is this, deep is obedience. Because some of you have been baptized in water, but you're not obeying other commandments in God's Word. Deep is obedience. My second goal today is what I want to do is those of you who have not been baptized in water and you're a believer, I want to convince you today from the Word of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to get baptized in water next weekend, to quit putting it off, to quit making excuses, and to get deep by being obedient to God's Word. Let me give you five insights about water baptism. Number one is this. Baptism is after salvation. It's after salvation. Listen, if you were baptized in water and you were not a believer, you simply went down a dry heathen and it came up a wet heathen. That's all you did. And that ain't good. And so you want to be saved. You want to be born again. You want to be converted. You want to be a believer. You want to have placed your faith and trust in Christ and then get baptized in water. Listen, if you were baptized in water as an infant... You need to be rebaptized. Because, listen, water baptism as an infant wasn't for you, it's for your parents. Ooh, look at our little babe. Matter of fact, you don't even remember it. The only thing you know about it, they showed you some pictures, showed you a video camera. And, look, at me, look at you, you got baptized as an infant. But that was for your mama and your daddy. And it's like child dedications. We don't baptize infants, but, but we follow the scriptural commandment, that, a, a scriptural example of Jesus when he laid his hands on the kids and, and he blessed them. And so we do, we, we do child dedications, and we're doing baby dedications uh, uh, Mother's Day weekend at all four services. We're going to be baptizing babies and, and praying the prayer of faith over them that God would use them and protect them. And what parents are simply doing in a baby dedication is they're just simply saying, God, this child is yours. We place this child back into your hands. But listen, if you were water baptized as an infant, you need to get rebaptized because baptism is a personal decision. It's not daddy or mama's decision, it's your decision. To say, listen, I've placed my faith in Christ, and I want to follow him with my life, and I want to be obedient to his word and be baptized in water. It's not about mom and daddy's faith, grandpa and grandma's faith. It's about your faith and you trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, if you were baptized in water as a kid and you did it for all the wrong reasons, you need to be rebaptized. I was baptized as a kid, and I did it so that grandma would be happy and to get daddy and mama off my back. Some people get baptized as a kid, or maybe even as a teenager, so they can be cool like their friends. You know, they, they don't really, they're not serving the Lord. They don't really even understand it. They're not trying to honor the Lord. They're not trying to be obedient to God. They just said, well, my friends are going to get baptized. I guess I just take the plunge too, but, but that's not the reason to get baptized. You get baptized because you're a believer and you place your faith in Christ and you say, I want to follow Christ. I want to honor the Lord. And so, Lord, I want to honor you. I want to please you. And so I'm going to get baptized in water. I'd encourage you to get rebaptized if you got baptized for all the wrong reasons, except you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you were sprinkled as a baby or sprinkled as an adult, I want to encourage you to get baptized in water. The word baptized literally means to immerse. That means to go all the way under the water. And we, we kind of, we, we talked in staff meeting, we've kind of changed things up. We decided that when we baptize people, that the Word of God says, hold them down for three minutes and 62 seconds. I'm just playing, folks. Loosen up. That's, we, don't, we don't do that around here. We don't want to get you as close as heaven. We don't want to get you as close to heaven as possible. We get you back up out, uh, out, out the water. But, but listen, if you were sprinkled, even if you were a believer and you were sprinkled, listen, 
The Word of God says to be baptized, to be immersed in water. Next weekend, we're going to be immersing people in water so that you can be baptized. You say, Pastor, why do I need to get baptized in water? For two reasons. Number one is this. Baptism is the first way that we go public for God. It's the first way that we go public for God. You can get saved anywhere. When the Holy Spirit is drawing you to Jesus Christ, whether it's in your home, in your car, eating dinner, in a church service like this, you can surrender and give your heart to Christ sitting right there in your seat. Listen, you can give your heart to Christ, but baptism is is, is the way that you say, God, I'm going public for you. I want everybody to know that I belong to you. I'm living for you. You've changed my life. I surrender to you, and my life belongs to you. you and simply, baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. So when you give your heart to Christ, the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you and begins to change you from the outside, from the inside out. And when you get water baptized, and that's why I think immersion is so key, and why the Scripture brings it up is very key because water baptism is a clear picture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And you see, it's a great symbolism of when before you knew Christ, you were lost in your sin. And when you go down in the water, like next week, it's a spiritual moment. It really is a spiritual moment. It's showing that your sins have been washed away. And you come out of that water, and it's a symbolism that, listen, I belong to Jesus Christ, and I'm a new creation. And old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And I'm living my life for Jesus Christ. And I'm going public. And I'm not ashamed for anybody to know that I belong to Jesus Christ. How many know we don't need any closet Christians? Amen. You can't be salt and light in the closet. You need to come public. Go public for God. Let everybody know that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. There's a second reason that you need to be baptized in water. Number two is this. Baptism is a sign of identification with Christ. A sign of identification with Christ. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by identification with Christ? Let me explain it this way. When my my wife and I got married about ten and a half years ago, uh, before we said I do, and he said, uh, the, the preacher said, kiss the bride, my wife slipped a ring on my finger. I slipped a ring on my wife's finger. And this ring, you know what this ring means? It means I belong to Tiffany. If you're married and you're a man in here, you know what I mean. You, you, don't belong, you belong to your wife. Amen. It means I belong to Tiffany. And what would you think about me as your pastor if I only wore my wedding ring at home and every time I left the house, I took off my wedding ring? <laughs> what would you think about me? I think a better question is this. What would Tiffany think about me <laughs> if I always took my wedding ring off when I, when I left the house. I'll tell you what she'd begin to think. Are you really committed to this marriage? Are you really committed to me? Herbert, you always take your wedding ring off. Are you ashamed to let people know that, that you're married to me? Let me tell you, I'm not ashamed of my wife. I love my wife. She's my covenant partner that God has given me. She's my best friend. She's my lover, my confidant, the children of the, the mother of my children. I, I love my. Some of you don't get all that. Let me explain it to you in your terms. She's the barbecue sauce on my ribs. She's the jelly on my toast. She's the hot sauce on my chitlins. If you don't know what chitlins are, come talk to me after church. She's the butter on my popcorn. She's the she's the syrup on my pancakes. I love me some Tiffany. I do. I love my wife. I love her. Back off, Jack. I'm married. Amen. And glad to be married. And I'm not ashamed of my wife. And I want to be identified with her. And I want you to know I'm identified with Tiffany. And it's the same way with Christ. People don't want to get baptized in water. I mean, are you ashamed of Christ? I mean, that's the way you go public and say, listen, I belong to God. This is the way that you let everybody know, listen, he's washed away my sin. 
He's written my name in the Lamb's book of life. I belong to Jesus Christ. I identify myself with him as a follower of Christ. And if you are a born-again believer, you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, you need to be baptized in water. You need to identify yourself with Christ just like I have identified myself with my wife by this covenant wedding ring. There is a second reason or second insight I want to share with you about water baptism. Number two is this. Baptism shows your love for God. Your love for God. Listen to what the scripture says in John 14 and verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. That's deep. Deep is obedience to what you already know. I get real concerned for people who tell me how deep they are and they're deep with God and yet they don't obey what God says in his word. I get real concerned for people. Not, not Some of you haven't known the Lord that long. You've been here a month or two or three and man, you didn't even understand this so bad. But some of you, listen, you've been serving God for years and you've never been baptized in water. And I get real concerned for people who tell me how much they love the Lord, and yet they don't obey what God says in His Word. If you love me, you will obey what I command, because you want to please me, you want to honor me, you, you're in love with me. There's a third reason you need to be water baptized, or a, a, a great insight to water baptism. And, and I think this is where a lot of people struggle, right here, number three. Baptism is a sign of humility. Humility. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 13 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to detour him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. I mean, can't you see John's position? I mean, here John is as, as a sinner, somebody who's not perfect. And here's the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the creator of the universe. And he's telling you that you need to baptize him? John goes, no way. You need to baptize me. Huh? You're the Savior of the world. I don't need to baptize you. And, and listen to Jesus' response in verse 15. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. One translation says, to do what is right. Jesus says, I need to do what is right. And the Son of God has such humility. The Savior of the world. The one who paid the price. For our sins on the cross of God has such humility that he let somebody who was imperfect baptize him in water that he would obey his father's command. That's humility. And some of you, you haven't been baptized in water, and the bottom line is it's pride. But Pastor, you know, I don't, I'm just, I don't want people to see me. and They'll see me in public, and I just don't want anybody to see me get baptized in water. And Some of you, it's, it's just full of pride. Some of you, I know what some of you ladies are thinking. Well, Pastor, I'd get baptized in water, but it'll mess up my hair. You know, I get my hair done on Fridays, and I just can't have my hair messed up. And some of you men are thinking, well, Pastor, nobody knows, but I, I wear a toupee, and I don't want that thing to fly off in the water. Man, we'll super glue that thing on. Amen, huh? Girl, we'll put that weave on so tight it won't go nowhere. I mean, we'll put that wig on you. I mean, we'll tie that thing down and get you baptized in water in Jesus' name. It's pride. It's pride. It's pride. Man, my makeup will get all messed up, so. Some brother says, well, I don't want nobody to see my legs. Well, wear sweats. I'll put some baggy jeans on, and we'll put that belt on you so tight, them jeans not going anywhere. You can put a tank. I mean, we can put a, a shirt on you with long sleeves and a hood on. I mean, well, you just need to get baptized in water. Quit making excuses. Throw away your pride and honor God and be baptized in water. Pride gets in the way of a lot of people being obedient to God's word. 
There's a, a fourth insight I want to share with you about baptism. Number, number four is this. Baptism is key to living under an open heaven. It's key to living under an open heaven. Listen to what the scripture says about Christ when he was baptized. Matthew 3 and verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened. Baptism is a very spiritual experience. At that moment, heaven opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lightning on him. You see, friends, when you live under an open heaven, that simply means that God is able to bless you. And, and when Christ was obedient to the command to be baptized, the scripture says the heavens opened and, and the Lord God, God the Father blessed him and the Spirit of God descended upon him. Baptism was a key to an open heaven. An open heaven simply means that God is able to bless your life. I mean, you see the same wording in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10 where it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The local church in the scripture uses the same words so that, 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 that God can open up the windows of heaven and open heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you have not room enough to receive obedience to God's word. And, and we're talking specifically about the commandment to baptism allows you to have an open heaven and God to bless you. I am terrified. I really am. I am terrified to live be a Christian who lives for God for years and have no idea that I'm living under a closed heaven. God, why aren't you blessing me like I want you to? Why aren't you blessing my life and my workplace? Why aren't you blessing my marriage? And God, I don't seem like you're, you're really blessing. The commandment to baptism is so key. And when Jesus was baptized in water, the heavens opened. And the Father blessed him, and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Number five is this. Point number five. The fifth insight I want to share with you about baptism is baptism pleases God. It pleases God. Listen to the very next verse, Matthew 3 and verse 17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. In other words, God, the father, looked down at his son and said, boy, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm very pleased that you obeyed my command and were baptized in water. And that it, isn't that the desire of a follower of Christ is we want to please God. We want to please our heavenly father. You want to bring a smile to the face of God next week, a very spiritual experience. As you're baptized in water, and God just looks down from heaven, says, My son, my daughter, I'm well pleased with you for obeying my word and publicly identifying yourself with me. Next weekend's going to be an awesome spiritual experience for many of you. I need you to do several things. Number one is this take your communication card, make sure it's filled out. If you're getting baptized in water, and if you haven't been, you need to do it. Don't make any excuses. You don't need to pray about it. Perhaps I get go home and pray and fast. You don't need to pray and fast. God's Word says do it. You seem to be obedient to God's Word. Fill it out. Check the box you want to be baptized in water. And then indicate on your card. Maybe write 
the service time down, but let us know what service you want to be baptized in, right? 8.30 service, 9.45, 11 service, 12.15. Let us know what service you want to be baptized in. The next thing is read your bulletin. It tells you what you need to bring, the appropriate attire to get baptized in, and bring that next week. The next thing is be here 30 minutes early next weekend. Baptism is going to be towards the very front of the service. So be here 30 minutes early. We want to brief some things with you about baptism. We want to answer any questions you have. Make sure that you really understand the step that you're making to follow Christ to the waters of baptism. So be here 30 minutes early as you're preparing to be baptized in water next weekend. And, and last but not least, as you leave the service today, if you're getting baptized in water, drop by the middle table here, the Welcome Center, the very middle table in the lobby, and pick up one of these cards. It's a little invite card that says, Be my guest at the People's Church Baptismal Bash. We printed it up for you. It's ready. There's a map of the church. Circle what service you're going to get baptized in. Write your name, I, whoever your name is. Put your address and then the mailing address. Slap a stamp on there. It's ready to go in the mail in the morning. And invite your family, invite your friends to be here to celebrate with you. It's a very spiritual occasion in your, in your journey with Christ. And we're excited to celebrate this with you next weekend. Lord Jesus, thanks so much for an opportunity to go deep. I pray that we really understand that deep is obedience.